Hello and welcome. It is my joy to spend this Thursday afternoon with you. I am your host, Coach Debbie, and you are listening to Story You Talk Radio. We're here every Thursday at 4 o'clock Pacific Time, and we offer you an encore show at 6 a.m. on your drive back into work the next day, or if you're on the East Coast at 9 a.m. when you're having your coffee break. Always I like to talk about the stories we live by. This seems to be the theme that keeps me getting out of bed every single day. I've always thought of myself as a teacher and a storyteller. Even when I was a young person, I loved stories. I loved to escape into writing them or reading them or telling them to my little brother or to acting them out with my friends. To me, stories were the place that we lived. And even in my more quiet and contemplative time, I could sit back and just watch people and see that life was a big story. And we got to choose how invested we were going to be in it, how much we were going to take hold of it, how we might let stories pass along in front of us, and which ones would become our dreams. And like I said, how we might invest ourselves in story. Today, I am really excited about the topic today because I chose it because the, the person I'm focusing on is here in my town, Seattle, Washington, And she's going to be giving a workshop to many of us on on Saturday. And you might have guessed already, we today are honoring Julia Cameron and that very first book that literally sold millions of copies called The Artist Way. And I want to tell you, I only learned recently that she self-published that book for its first running. I didn't know that. I didn't know back in 1992 people were self-publishing. But one of the reasons she was doing it was because it wasn't being accepted. And like I've told many of you in previous shows before, if you want to get your writing out there, if you're serious about it, and you don't want to go through all the traditional rigmarole, you can and you probably should consider self-publishing. And we've come a long, long way with it since 1992. But that is all covered in a previous show. And I hope you check out those podcasts. We make these live shows into a podcast and we offer them on Podcast One on Apple Tunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and some of your other favorites. And that, again, is under Story U Talk Radio. It's capital U, Story U Talk Radio. So today I will be taking your questions and your comments about honoring Julia Cameron and the artist way, but also honoring you as you move through the book, The Artist Way, and 
anything about your creativity that you might be trying to recover, anything about going deeper into your own writing process, anything at all. I already have some people writing in, but don't be shy. Get yourself in the queue by going to your email. This would be easiest for me today. Go to your email and write to askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. Debbie is spelled with a Y. So askcoachdebbie at gmail.com. That's D-E-B-B-Y. And I will read your question on the air and offer you an answer to the very best of my ability because, like I said, we're focusing on someone else's book today. One of the most beautiful books, if you ask me, I, I honestly think of it as the Bible for writers. If you're at all serious about writing and you don't have a copy of this book, I, I'd be willing to send you a copy I want you to consider that this has to be right by your nightstand. It's got to be on your writing table. It's got to be next to your computer. It's the artist way, a spiritual path to higher creativity by Julia Cameron. So we're going to be talking all about that today. Also, I just wanted to do a little pitch for my writing program because I help first, second, and third time authors write their books. And my goal is to help you write that first draft in 90 days. And while a lot of people think that's not possible, you know that if you've been thinking about your book for quite some time, it's the thinking that takes a lot of time. It's not the writing. The writing takes your concentration, of course, requires some discipline, absolutely. But most of us, think much, much longer about our book than we actually spend time writing it. And over and over again, those books turn out wonderfully. So I help people write that first draft. We take about 90 days to do that. And if you want to go into the extended program, that's when we get serious and do content editing. That's for the person that wants to carve out six months with me as opposed to three months. You can learn more about it by writing to that email address, askcoachdebbie at gmail.com, and that's D-E-B-B-Y, or you can go to my website, coachdebbie.com. And whatever you don't find there, just put in the, in the questions, and I'll be sure to get back to you the next program starts April Fool's Day, but if you want the best price in town, I recommend that you be in touch with me and we talk about where you are with your book in February, because that's how you get the early bird special. All right, so that's my housekeeping. Let's just dive right into this chance to Honor Julia Cameron. If you're in Seattle, you can still pick up a ticket at East West Books and take part in her all-day workshop going on this Saturday at the Crown Plaza in downtown Seattle. 
Julia Cameron came into my life when I was in my 20s, in the 90s. I was just just starting out in college. I was kind of a late bloomer. And this book jumped off the shelf and into my arms. It was what I could see was a, a book of exercises, but also a book that held the reader close. And I really mean that about her. I've, I felt, as her reader, I felt that she was a writer holding me close and letting me know that I wasn't going to go on my writing journey all by myself, that I had her nearby, and that oh, in time, as I continued with this book, I, I came to feel like this was sort of a writer's Bible. It is something that she claims is designed to help you recover your creativity. And you know how important that is. If you're wandering through the story of your life right now, or you're working on writing the story of your life, or you're just working on certain topics to fulfill your blog, whatever it is that you are writing, you know that when you get between yourself, your writer, and your creative energy, you're creating a block. And it seems like we wouldn't do that because we want to write and we want to be prolific and we want to be creative. But the truth is most of us get between ourself and our creativity over and over and over again. And we can do it in many, 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 many ways, which we're going to be talking about today. But what I love about her book is she breaks this process down into 12 steps, or you could think of it as 12 weeks. I have some experience with 12-step programs, and I, I felt a lot of that coming through. This idea that in 12 weeks' time, you will touch on some of the most important aspects of yourself to regain that conversation with your muse and your ability to take down your story. So the 12 things that she helps you recover is, starting with the first one, it won't surprise you, it's a sense of safety. The second one, that sense of identity as a writer. Those two right off the bat, safety and identity, those are two things that writers are constantly facing. Can I feel safe as a writer? And who am I as a writer? So she dives right in, chapters one and two there. But as she goes through the book, you get educated about what it means to honor your sense of power as a writer, your sense of integrity. And I'll tell you, that fourth chapter on integrity I spent so much time in. Your sense of possibility and a sense of abundance. Your sense of connection with yourself and with your writing process. Your sense of strength a sense of compassion, 
a sense of self-protection. And finally, in the 11th and 12th chapter, a sense of autonomy. And you won't believe it, but the last one, a sense of faith. And you got to have faith. You've got to have faith to keep moving with the writing process. You can probably hear it in my voice that I know the writing process is heavy. It's big. We need more than anything as writers to have strong mentors. And I think of her as one of the strongest mentors that ever lived, really and truly. Her book, The Artist Way, is a dedication to mentoring. And because it sold millions and millions of copies, I would say she was tremendously successful at that. But even even if she had sold three, the fact that she came to know herself as such an incredible mentor writing this book, in my mind, that's enough to make this book an incredible success. So I'm going to be breaking some of these ideas down for you, highlighting some that have been really key for me. But before we go on, we've got about three minutes until our first break here. I want to let you know why it is that I'm focusing so much today on sharing with you my vulnerable story as a writer. And and that is because I knew as a young girl, I knew my whole life that I would be a teacher. I didn't know I'd be a writer, but I did know I would be a teacher. I just didn't know what I would teach. And I thought it might be gymnastics. I thought it might be piano. There was a time when I was even backing away from things I was most passionate about. And I thought maybe I could even teach people how to bead necklaces. Wasn't on my top 10 of things to teach, but I, I thought it might be easy. And then one day I thought about what would be the hardest thing in the whole wide world that I could possibly think of to teach. And I was like, oh, there's no, no need to think about that very long. It's writing. Writing would be the absolute hardest thing I could imagine to teach. And I found I had a really incredible desire to go forward with that. And one thing I've come to learn is that when you have a really strong desire, you'll come up with the expectation in yourself that you're going to carry it through. You're going to see that through. You're going to do it. And honestly, I was afraid because, and here's my real vulnerable piece, I knew that I would be a much better teacher of anything than I would be a performer of anything. Because I wasn't as interested in performing. I was far more interested in teaching. I was very interested in teaching music, not giving piano recitals. I was very interested in teaching gymnastics, not going to the Olympics. I was very interested in teaching writing, not necessarily winning a book award. But I came to value that I am so interested in learning people's stories, sharing people's stories, 
empowering people and mentoring them through their stories. And I came to know that that, that would be a true success for me, to teach writing. And the only way I was going to really be successful at it is if I continued to be vulnerable and write. And what I found, and we'll talk about this more after the break, was that a lot of my students thought that because I was a teacher of writing, writing came easy to me. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, nothing could be further from the truth. Writing does not come easy to me. But it's something I'm really passionate about. I'm almost as passionate about writing as I am about teaching others to write. So I feel it is important to be vulnerable and to share who are my mentors and how did they help me stick with the process of writing and how did they encourage me to do what I wanted most and that was to teach it. So when we come back, I will take on the role of mentoring you through some of the qualities of the artist's way as we honor today Julia Cameron. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Sakura Skin and Mind understands everything is connected. That's why Sakura offers mind modalities as well as clinical skin care services. Hypnotherapy, Reiki, microneedling, dermaplaning, facials, and more. With over 17 years of experience, Sakura has offered intuition, guidance, and results for her clients. Sakura Skin and Mind, treating the inside to treat the outside. Keeping your skin beautiful while bringing out a healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Learn more at SakuraSkinAndMind.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A SkinAndMind.com. You've been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. You have to carefully monitor your health for the rest of your life. And you have an increased risk of developing cardiovascular disease. Cut. Take two. Action. You've been diagnosed with a new purpose. To fight for the amazing life you made for yourself. To look that risk of heart disease square in the face and say, no, not me. You've been given a new opportunity to live. Get started at nodiabetesbyheart.org. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back. This is Story You Talk Radio. And I am your host, Coach Debbie. And today, this show is to honor Julia Cameron and the artist way because she is coming all the way to Seattle, Washington to offer those of us who live here a full day's workshop. And boy, I couldn't, I couldn't be more delighted. So today we are talking about some of the highlights from her book. And anytime 
anytime I get together with writers and we talk about Julia Cameron and the effect she has on our life, of course, the first thing that comes up, you know what it is, it's those morning pages. So if you have gone through her book, you know very well those morning pages are that assignment she gives where you write three pages of longhand stream of consciousness. And maybe in, maybe in today's world, you go to the computer and do it. I'm sure that's fine. There's really no wrong way to do the morning pages. And she stresses that in her book. And she says that they are a primary tool for recovering your creativity. And I feel this is so because Morning Pages is, it, like she said, it's that stream of consciousness or if you're not familiar with that term, it is just you capturing in words on paper whatever comes to your mind first. And it can be true babble, absolute babble. It can be about the blog post you promised yourself that you would write today. It could be about the heartache you're going through. It could be about the financial uh, devastation or win you are experiencing. It could be about a relationship with your child. It could be anything at all, and it might be a number of things. But what it does is it breaks down that block of using the mind so much that you don't end up going to do your writing. What I have found is that the morning pages liberate me from being an overthinker. And whether we want to admit it or not, most of us most of us are. <laughs> Most of us do a lot more thinking than we need to. When I say overthinking, I'm not saying we're bad people. I just mean that we spend more time thinking and thinking through something than it really requires. And when we do these morning pages, when we sit down and commit to filling three full pages of writing, regardless of how scrambled or babbly it comes out, what happens is that the mind starts to get sick of the process and the real heart comes forward, that real space that you write from, that real creative space. And it's ready then to do the work of a writer. It's ready to almost hear the highest voice you have where your writing comes from. And I just find when I'm having any sort of block at all, even if I don't want to, to confirm that I'm going to give my time and commit to three full pages, I do get out a notebook and I do start just filling it up with my own mental babble especially if it's not the morning. If it's, say, the afternoon and I'm feeling that 3 o'clock lull, that's a great time to just grab a hold of a journal and just spew out what is that stream of consciousness that is kind of getting in the way of creativity. 
it also gives you a break from your writing. But if you if you are committed to writing those morning pages, what you'll find is that when you sit down to write, you're met with your highest voice more and more and more. And you find yourself being in that sense of, of integrity that she talks about so much in her fourth chapter. One of the quotes that I just circled and I have written everywhere, you know, in lipstick on my bathroom mirror sometimes, comes right out of that fourth chapter where she says that our, our sense of, of creativity is aligned with our values because these morning pages are a spiritual chiropractic. That's a quote. Those are her words. Morning pages are basically a spiritual chiropractic. So think about that. What, what do we do when we see our chiropractor? We're getting the left side and the right side aligned again. So think of that body, think of that mind, the left side that is more, more mm, realistic and logical and, and did I say the left side? I meant the right side. The right side that is more in the realm of, of realism, whereas our left brain, our left side, it entertains creativity with ease but if we're out of alignment, if we need a spiritual chiropractic often, it's because we're falling so deeply into our realism or maybe we've just run wild with our creativity that we don't have any ability to make those boundaries and harness it and bring it back so that we're actually posting blog posts, not just writing them and shoving them in our closet containers like I have been known to do, but we're actually in alignment. We're creating and we're expressing. And so I feel that that is one of the great gifts that Julia Cameron offers is this chapter on the recovery of your creativity, of getting aligned again. And here is an exercise that she offers. And she says, just, just write this down and see what comes to mind, which is, if I didn't have to do my writing perfectly, I would try and then fill it in. Honestly, just that line alone, if I didn't have to do my writing perfectly, I would try that, that alone, that line alone has led me to come up with so many more exercises for myself, but it's also allowed me to fill in the blanks. If I didn't have to do my writing perfectly, I might try writing more. I might try writing earlier in the day. I might try writing for a publication I love. I might try writing for others. I might try writing and sharing it. I might try writing consecutive chapters that would lead 
into making a book. All those good things just came out of one great writing exercise. You can do it too. Crystal, I see you are writing in. So let's go right to your question. You have moved ahead of where we are talking right now, but it is a great question, and it is about the inner critic. So Crystal's question here is, I too have the book The Artist's Way, not as long as you have mentioned, but at least for the last three years. And I started with the morning pages, but I got stopped. It wasn't so much my schedule. It was more that I felt the inner critic was getting in the way. And I don't know what to do about that. I think the writing assignment of morning pages is to abolish the inner critic, but I don't really know. Any tips would be helpful. Okay. The inner critic, as we all know, is just that voice that comes along and is not on your side. It, it says things that hurt. It says things like, you don't have time to write, although Crystal said that wasn't really what was going on in hers, but it, it went on in mine a lot. It can say things like your writing doesn't matter that much or your writing has already been shared or your writing is not intelligent enough. It says things that are critical and what I want to share with you, Crystal especially, is that it says things that aren't true. So the only way, honestly, I know how to deal with the inner critic is to ask her to just sit down and I have a conversation with her. And so I say, hello, inner critic. I see here that you're telling me that my writing isn't good enough to publish in a blog today. Why are you thinking that? And then I just let the inner critic talk to me a little while longer. I have found, Crystal, it doesn't work to beat her up. I mean, that's what used to happen to me when I was a child on the playground. It, it, never, it never made for a good relationship. People that beat me up, I didn't make friends with them. If I beat up my inner critic, I will never, ever be anything but afraid of her. I will never have any temptation beyond wanting to bully her. So I have to befriend her. But you know what helps? I really mean this, Crystal. My coach, Robert Holden, said this to me one day, and I thought it was brilliant. He said to me, your inner critic has never been published. In other words, the, the part of me that might be working toward writing and publishing, that's not who my inner critic is. The person that does the writing and submits the writing, she's in my heart. The inner critic is just stuck in my head. And you got to realize the inner critic has a job. She's, she's being very protective. She's making sure you don't get hurt. But it's hard to know that if you don't have a conversation with her. So, Crystal, I just want to encourage you. 
Ask that inner critic, what do you want of me? What do you want me to know today? That's another thing Robert Holden taught me, is to ask the inner critic, what do you want me to know today? I'm sure Julia Cameron has all kinds of advice for you in that in that chapter, but I'll tell you this, that chapter where she says um, you're doing a spiritual chiropractic and that line she uses, if I didn't have to do it perfectly, I would try blank. I mean, that's really, really, really honoring that you know the inner critic is going to come up here and there from time to time. But you're willing to have a relationship so that she is not louder than your real writing voice. Crystal, maybe this will help you too. Julia Cameron offers, I'm just going to go straight into the book, on page 36. She offers some creative affirmations. And a lot of people believe that affirmations are just some bypass way of you know, thinking positively and not really dealing with the issue. But you'll find if you stick with them that it's actually one of the best ways to deal with the issue. And Julia Cameron is a spiritual woman, and she uses the term God here. One of the affirmations she says is, my dreams come from God, and God has the power to accomplish them. And if you're not comfortable with the idea of God, then what I would suggest for you to say is that my dreams come from the highest source in me. My dreams come from the highest source in me. And that source has the power to accomplish them. Because the, the writing voice in us is our real heart and our real desire to write. And that's a pretty high source, right? So if the God language stumbles you up, change it up. Allow yourself to still be successful. Another one I love, another uh, affirmation is, my creativity always leads me to the truth. And it does. It might not even happen on the same day that you're working on it, but creativity leads us because it's not a judgment. Creativity leads us to our truths. One thing we know about judgment is that it's kind of a trick of the ego. Our judgments, our inner critics, they're there to build up walls and protect us. But if we're willing to have some kind of relationship with them, they don't stand as strong as we originally thought they could. And we break through them again and again. And we find that it is our true creativity and it is our real voice that wants to come through and express. We are going to go to one more break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some of those dreams that get buried down and how you might uncover dreams so that your creativity starts to flow again 
and you're just working with your writer's voice. So today we are honoring Julia Cameron and the artist way, and we will be back in a moment to talk about more. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym stands for greatest of all time, as in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the goat. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Are you ready for something real, raw, upfront, and honest? Then tune in each Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here for Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and the host, Sakura Sutter. This show is unlike anything you have ever heard and was created to help others to help themselves. Hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized and see how it has improved their lives. I will also spotlight amazing people from around the world. Their skin tips, live readings, and answers to life's burning questions. Join us each Wednesday at 2 p.m. Alternative Talk 1150, online at 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I am your host, Coach Debbie, and today I'm talking to you about Julia Cameron's beautiful book, The Artist's Way. And I wanted to honor her because she is coming to my hometown, Seattle, Washington. It's funny, I've lived in Seattle now long enough that I'm calling it my hometown, even though I wasn't born here, but this is my home, and she is coming here to offer a full-day workshop, and I cannot wait. It is coming up this Saturday, so I wanted to honor her work because, truly, we don't get to say this very often, but her book, The Artist Way, really, it not only changed my life, but it gave my life a certain trajectory at a time in which I was nervous to claim my dream. I was, a, I was a very, very early college student thinking about what I might teach in the world. And I knew the biggest, biggest, biggest thing I could ever claim to teach would be writing. And it just sounded so big. What do you know? I taught it for a few decades and I continue to do it now, even as an entrepreneur, even after my days at the college. But If she hadn't said some of these pithy, really incredible lines, maybe I would have missed it. Here's one of them. She says, uh, in order, this is is so incredible to me, in order to have self-expression, we must first have a self to express. 
In order to have self-expression, we must have first a self to express. In other words, we got to get to know ourselves, and we're not going to get to know ourselves if we are so full of our blocks and our negative thoughts and our negative beliefs and just those ideas that dictate all kinds of sabotage. We can't do it. We can't express ourselves when we are full of that. And I know for myself, I was I was one of those people that just thought, well, you know, sometimes writing can be something that causes other people pain because even if you're a fictional writer and you're being very creative, so often a person will pop up in your life and go, oh, you were writing about me, weren't you? And you think, wow, no, <laughs> no, I actually, no, I wasn't. Or, you know, actually, you're going to do memoir writing and you are going to write about people that are true in your life and you are worried that it'll scare them, offend them, hurt them. And really, they might not even read it. <laughs> they might not even buy your book. But we get caught in this cycle of fear. And she lists out all kinds of enemies. She calls them enemies within. And their ideas of, I can't be prolific. I can't be successful because, well, you know, maybe I'll, I'll hurt a friend or family member. That, that was something big for me. Another big one is, believe it or not, I might go crazy. And I think that comes because many writers, we work in isolation. And if we isolate, we'll go nutty. So I, d I don't want that. Sometimes it's something really simple and really city silly, like I don't think I'm a good speller. Writers spell good. Writers have good grammar. <laughs> I'm intentionally using horrible grammar right now to make a point that, um, no, it isn't true at all. They, they came out with this wonderful, wonderful application called Spell Check, and it's pretty good. Grammar Check, not so much, but Spell Check, amazing. And I suggest you use it, especially if you want to be a writer, and especially if you think the block between you and your creativity is your ability to spell. Another one that is in Julia Cameron's book is I will have to be alone in order to do this. And I might feel too angry to do my writing. People are very afraid to confront their emotions, but writing is something that is confronting. You come to learn about yourself so much more. Again, that self-expression if you are going to express, you've got to know who that self is, and that includes what your emotions are. But you might be like me. You might be someone who started to see her emotions on the page and decided she wanted help with it. There's all kinds of help in the world for those of us that have lots of emotions, and we want someone that will 
hear them out and help us move on with whatever it is we're trying to be prolific with. I mean, I've probably spent 50 grand or more on that kind of help. And I'll tell you, I don't have an emotional roller coaster life anymore. But when I picked up this book, I did. And when I started writing, I did. And honestly, there was a period of time that I didn't want to know more about those emotions. But as we talk to our inner critic, we find out that one of the biggest blocks in knowing ourselves is having the fear that we don't know how to deal with emotions, especially our own. But there's help for that. Another one that she points out, and I know scared the life out of me, was if I become a prolific writer, my lover will leave me. <laughs> In other words, I'll, I'll take on an identity where I'm seen in a new way and I might not be accepted. Uh, there's also this notion of it's too late. I haven't fully embraced the artist in me yet, and so therefore I never will. And that isn't true either. You can start any time, and my guess is that most of us, not only have we started, but our thinking began the process long ago. And so in a way, we're, we're ahead of the game. We have a sense of what we want to write. We just haven't committed fully to it yet. So those are just some of the negative beliefs. But there are ways to turn this around. And Crystal, who called in earlier, I think this would be pretty helpful for you as well as the other listeners. And this is about uncovering some of those buried dreams and she, she encourages, Julia Cameron is the she I'm talking about. She encourages you to make lists and to really dive in, not to, to censor the list, but really dive into an uncensored exercise where you're spontaneous and you get the answers to these questions down quickly. So, for example... List five hobbies that sound fun. So don't sit there and go, oh, five hobbies that sound fun. Well, do I have to be skilled at them? What if I haven't done them in a while? Uh, you mean a, a hobby that sounds fun that a lot of people do or a hobby that sounds fun that only I know how to do? So you're not listing hobbies while <laughs> you're asking all those questions. And she's, she's saying List five hobbies that sound fun so that you jump into your creativity and you write them down. And you don't worry. Don't worry. Whether you're skilled at them, whether you did them last week, whether you've never done them before. One hobby that I think would be really cool to take up is painting. If I elaborated on it, I'd tell you I know nothing about painting. But yeah, I think it sounds fun. I think photography sounds fun. I think ceramic making sounds fun. I'd love to go deeper into knowing how to make jewelry. The hobby of, uh, or what do you call that? I don't even know what it's called, where you make kind of photo albums out of, there's a word for it, scrapbooking. Um, I used to think that sounded like a waste of time. Now, man, that sounds like loads of fun. The hobby of traveling around cities you don't know 
If you let yourself, you can list a whole bunch. Here's another one she suggests. List skills that would be fun to have. Wow. Uh, a skill. I'd love to be able to fly a jet airplane. Do you think I can fly a jet airplane or that I'm even close to that? No. But that's not the question. The question is list five things that would be that list five skills that would be fun to have. That's the question. List five skills. Wow. I think I'd love to be able to fly a jet airplane. I'd love to be able to do what Eric, the engineer, is doing right now, which is taking care of all the sound and production. I think that's pretty cool. I would I would love to be one of those people that understands homes and not only how you build them, but how you decorate them from the inside so that you never damage them. Um, so decorating, but, but high-end decorating, right? I would love to have the skill of knowing how to communicate in various languages and on and on and on and on and on. When I get into that, I, I hope you could hear it in my voice. I would love to be able to fly a jet airplane. You didn't hear me say, well, I think I would love maybe to fly a jet airplane. That's not a creative space, but I would love to be able to fly a jet airplane is a creative space. It's excited. It's ready to go. And the whole reason she has you do this exercise, list five hobbies, list five classes, list five skills, list five silly things. The whole reason she asks you to do it is because it brings us into our creativity. And remember, the real gift of this book is that she's helping us express ourselves and ourself. Our self comes from our creativity. If there's one thing in this world I'm sure of, our self, our real self, comes out of our creativity. Not out of our head and our overthinking, but out of that free-flowing heart of ours that is creative. And the fastest way I know how to shut myself down from being creative is to be judgmental of myself or to even be judgmental of others. I was doing it the other day. I was involved in gossip. I think gossip is one of the least productive things I could do. Nevertheless, I was there hanging out in gossip and I caught myself. I caught myself feeling a little icky and a little shut down. And I went, oh, I'm judging someone, aren't I? And I know that is the number one way to block off my creativity. And it really helped me redirect the conversation because I don't want to hang out there. I don't want to do that to myself and to others. You could answer that question of jumping into being that non-perfect person and trying out new things. Here are just Here's just 12 things she suggests that you could do. Try them out. You could do archery. You could learn German. You could go figure skating. 
You could become a puppeteer. You could take on trapeze. I was going to do that. I was going to be a trapeze person. There's a club right here in Seattle. I was just too afraid of getting injured. Guess what? I got injured anyway. <laughs> Even though I didn't sign up for a trapeze class, I managed to just injure myself. I think I was vacuuming. So, you know, I, I'd really, it'd be far more sexy to say that I injured my rotator cuff taking on trapeze than vacuuming my living room. But sad truth is, yeah, I wasn't being as creative. Other creative things you could do is, is uh, you could wear red lipstick for a day. Man or woman, you could wear red lipstick for a day. You could learn how to swim. I did that one summer. I did that the summer I turned 51, and I felt amazing. There's so many things. You could take on a watercoloring class. And I want to suggest that if you were willing, if you were willing to do something without needing to do it perfectly, maybe you would write a book. Maybe you would write your life story or a group of short stories. Maybe you would write your mom's story and honor her. Maybe you would write a story to honor someone else. I'm working on writing a story for a special Olympian. And I shut down my creativity all the time by worrying about where we're going to get the funding for this project. And then I come back to it, and then I shut it down, and I come back to it, and I shut it down. And I share this with you to just be vulnerable today, to let you know that even though I teach people how to write every day, there is at least a moment, if not an hour, where I have to face some kind of little or huge block. And the way I know how to face my blocks is to go to this beautiful book. It's called The Artist Way. My guess is you know about the book. It's written by Julia Cameron. My guess is you know about her. And if you're in the Seattle area, I hope you pick up one of the final tickets for her demonstration in class this Saturday. That's all the time I have for today, but I will be back next Thursday, 4 o'clock, for another live topic. Until then, namaste, my sweet writing friends.